You're listening to Caregivers Out Loud, powered by Family Caregivers of British Columbia and hosted by Bill Israel. Once the decision has been made that placement in a care community is necessary, caregivers are often faced with the what next question. Because there are different levels of care and each community has a different personality, it's very important to be as prepared as possible for this transition. Today, we talk with Kathy Ahas, who for the last 17 years has worked in the retirement industry, including independent living, assisted living, and short and long-term care. Together, we explore questions caregivers have when considering moving to a new level of care with their care recipient. Before we dive in, let's let Kathy explain some of the language that we are using. As an example, we may use the term facility because this is the most common phrase you'll hear when researching care. However, we will also be using the term community, creating a sense that in these different places, they are more than a facility, they are a home where a new community is built. So Kathy, please help us understand the different levels of service and support that are available when moving from home to a facility. A person moving into independent living would be able to make decisions for themselves on their care. They would be cognitively well enough to manage within a community. They would be mobile enough to enjoy the activities and the community. And take care of themselves. Take care of themselves, make decisions on their own behalf. And then the next level with that would be assisted living, I guess? That's right, Bill. Next level is assisted living. Pretty much the same criteria in assisted living communities. A new resident would still be required to be able to self-direct their care. However, they could get some home supports typically provided by their community of choice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then the long-term care as people's needs increase. That's right. When a person requires long-term care, typically they would require to have medical support, home support overnight, nursing staff 24-7. For our listeners to the podcast, usually are mostly caregivers, this becomes uh, useful information to them as they begin thinking about what next is for my responsibility here with my care recipient. Can you say a word, for example, about the assisted living and the long care living? What expectations a caregiver might be looking to fulfill for placement? So if the loved one uh, family member is living at home and they're managing okay with a little bit of home support, they haven't had extensive falls, and their cognition is okay to direct their own self-care. However, if there are cognition issues at home where it's becoming truly unsafe for the family member to be there alone, and there have been multiple complex healthcare issues, then definitely long-term care is definitely more suitable. One of the first needs they have is some of this very basic information that you're providing. The other aspect of this now is for the caregiver themselves as they begin thinking about the future for their care recipient. But can you say a little bit, Kathy, about what needs to be happening in the mind of a caregiver as they start thinking forward? Their care recipient may not meet any specific category yet, but 
say a little bit about what the caregiver needs to be thinking about and preparing for. And, you know, just a bit of advice to the caregivers, Bill, is not to wait too long. It's really important for us to be doing our homework, to be doing the research, finding out some answers. There is multiple organizations as well as family caregivers out there that can provide some information. So to reach out, whether it's to the health authority in your region or whoever can provide those resources to you. As soon as you start seeing that your family member or your loved one is requiring some care, to reach out to family caregivers, to reach out to your health authority, find out the process, find out if you're needing some supports. The decision to place your care recipient into the care of a facility can provoke stress and is often surrounded by conflicting values. To help with this transition, Family Caregivers of BC has an exceptional caregiver support team that can provide coaching, information, and support as you explore the what next question. Get the help you need by calling our BC Caregiver Support Line at 1-877-520-3267. Also, be sure to see the written resources and guides in this episode's show notes. So let's stay for a moment with a caregiver because so many of us who have been in caregiving roles put this off for a variety of reasons. One is we don't want to admit that things are deteriorating. And of course, the second is that don't want to admit that we can't handle this, that suddenly the pressure is rising significantly, as well as the emotional, the fear, the anxiety, and so on. Say some words about what you recommend to the caregiver at this point in time in terms of anticipating what may be coming up for their care recipient. It's a very emotional time for caregivers, Bill. I think particularly during COVID, your loved one may not be able to have the socialization, nor may you be able to have the socialization that you were used to. So not only is there, you know, there's some, maybe some medical needs, some urgent needs happening, but there's also that isolation for many people. So don't feel guilty. Never feel guilty about reaching out. It's truly a strength when you reach out for support. Absolutely. So it's two levels here we're talking about. One is seeking information for sure, but the other is just a matter of self-care to admit, I'm going to need some help here. I need to get on the phone. All kinds of issues can arise. Some people that I know of have not left their apartments for months because they're afraid to go out. So it does have a huge impact on people. Yeah, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Sometimes they start getting aggravated with the system. You know, the system is strained also. And so it just adds to the caregiver's burden. Absolutely. And then they find themselves being angry and then they stop calling. That's right, because they're not getting the answers that they want to have. They're going in circles. You know, it's not the system, as you say, that's failing. It's because of overload, you know, and everybody could be on overload right now. So So being patient. A caregiver may need to accept that they can no longer meet the needs of the care recipient or that the situation is beyond their control. This may prompt feelings of guilt, anger, and sadness. 
This has been even more evident during the COVID-19 pandemic. In our Family Caregivers of BC COVID-19 Provincial Survey, over 40% of caregivers are providing more care due to COVID-19, with half providing up to an additional 10 hours per week. Today, a year or two after the start of the pandemic, things are looking better. But in order to support both the care recipient and the caregiver's well-being, we need to be aware of different care options. It is important to note that there are publicly funded services and also privately funded services. For more information on residential living options, supports, and costs in different health authorities within BC, please see the resources in our show notes. In the process of making the next step in the short term, can you say a word about the cluster care and adding services to where my care recipient is now? If a resident is living in independent living, there typically isn't care included in that. The hospitality services in the suite are included. However, if there is a need for a family member, a new resident to have some services such as maybe a shower assist or maybe some companionship, family members or the resident can add those in. That's privately contracted with a care company. Some people, of course, get all concerned about the cost. You know, that's a high priority for a lot of families don't have a lot of money. There again, becomes important to do some investigating, right? Absolutely, because they may well qualify for a subsidy for the care to their, you know, based on their net income to their local health authorities. So to make those queries, make the calls and find out what's available to you. And it may not, in fact, at the moment be overwhelming or all that daunting, but you need to watch for the signs of when it might become. Can you give us some clues about that, sort of things to watch for? Yeah, sometimes, Bill, things can happen really quickly. Cognition, usually there's a process and you can see what's happening. Things like a stroke, you know, if diabetes becomes worse, those type of things. So a health event can happen very quickly. And sometimes changes need to be made very quickly whether you know a person is living at home or they're living within a community and congregate living so to always be aware of next steps and to have those conversations when you know what are the next steps what if this happens so the reaching out isn't just about getting the information although it's needful it's about acknowledging I need to be in a conversation with somebody about this. I need to get some guidance, even about what to think about. So that becomes an important step here. And it becomes a matter then of that first acknowledgement that this is probably beyond me. I can't even think straight because I don't know about the cost. I don't know about what's available. I need to be reaching out. So what last thoughts here? Kathy, would you offer to our podcast listeners who are listening in, wondering with my care recipient that would help me prepare for whatever might come up? Well, number one, look after yourself. Make sure that you have some time, some rest, and you have some care in place. And in order to get that care in place and that time for yourself to remain healthy and to be 
supportive of your loved one, the recipient of your care, reach out to Family Caregivers of BC. They have great resources. Reach out to your local health authority. They as well will be able to provide some information to you. And there are many nonprofit organizations as well that can provide some information. Thank you for listening to Caregivers Out Loud, powered by Family Caregivers of British Columbia and hosted by Bill Israel. Produced and sound edited by Organized Sound Productions. We acknowledge the financial support of the province of British Columbia and the BC Ministry of Health Patients as Partners Initiative. If you like what you're hearing, discover more episodes and find more caregiving resources at familycaregiversbc.ca. And if you find these episodes helpful, please share them with your family and friends who may find it enlightening to hear these stories. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast listening app so you can take us with you wherever you go. Thank you for listening and taking the time to learn and care for yourself with other caregivers out loud.